Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Coaching Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor. And you're listening to How May I Serve You, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. And Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guest today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Tan, Tan Marcus. Tan, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing good, Thomas. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you. It's good to have the energy coming from you and uh, excited to have this conversation today. There you go. So it's Thane, or it's, it's not Tan, but Thane with Thane, the TH, yeah. all right? Mm -hmm. Thane, Thane Marcus. Make sure I get his pronunciation right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so, tough one. So Thane Marcus Wrangler is a former professional golfer now dedicated to unlocking the potential in others. As a development coach and leadership guide, he works with individuals, team, and organizations on improving performance and becoming leaders worth following. To find more about Tan and his work, you go to tenmarkets.com. So Tan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the intro. It's good to be here. Uh, I love the title of your show because really I think that's the heart that we all need to operate out of is serving others. Um, and we each have something to bring to that. So I'm excited to talk with you about that today. Yes, indeed. So, so then your, your story is a very, very um, special one and also interesting one because you come from a professional athlete background. You, know, you were a professional golfer prior to becoming a coach. But let's dive a little further back, right? So tell us a little bit more about yourself, your childhood. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in the heartland of America in Hutchinson, Kansas, small town USA, and a great place to grow up, a great foundation. I also grew up about a minute from one of the best golf courses in the country, Prairie okay. Dunes Country Club. So that was a privilege to be able to play and grow up out there. Uh, and then I ended up going to college out in California in Los Angeles area. It's called the Masters University, a smaller Christian school out there. Competed for four years uh, as a golfer with them and then competed about four years professionally after that. So childhood was great. Uh, first 17, 18 years was in Kansas. And then I went out to L.A. and I spent about 10 years out in L.A. before uh, moving to Denver, Colorado, right when COVID popped and right when I got married. So it's been a pretty crazy adventure the whole way. Um, and I'm grateful for each season so far. That's awesome, man. So from Kansas to mm -hmm. L.A., that's a big jump man that's a big culture shift it is you know it was I, I was on one end of the spectrum and i went to the complete opposite so but yeah. it's so cool you know i we really only know as much as our experience has given us and so uh, one of the best ways to learn and expand and grow as a human is just have more experiences have different experiences uh be around different people or cultures or places and so to have that opportunity to go out and be and live in a place like la where it's one of the most uh, the probably the biggest cultural melting pot in the world or one of them, right? And every type of person and, and from every type of place is there. That's and amazing. you get to be surrounded by so many different ideas and types of people that you, you almost have to expand and grow as a person just because you realize that you're just one small cog in this couple billion or trillion <laughs> people on the planet, right? So um, it was a really awesome experience. And it's not for everyone. You know, I I think that um, both extremes cater to different types of people and they're both good in their own way. 
and they both can be imbalanced and unhelpful in their own way. So it's really about understanding yourself, understanding your own blind spots, and trying to grow and learn in empathy as we encounter other people that have had way different experiences than we have. <laughs> you know what? I love what you just said. Learn to grow in empathy. So mm -hmm. your experience um, from living in Kansas to going to LA and really experiencing the culture has really um, nurtured you into the, into the man you are right now, correct? 100%. Awesome, awesome. So I'm extremely curious, man, because you were a professional golfer prior to becoming a coach. Do you mind sharing um, some light into a little bit more about in terms of what, what, what really transpired? You know, why you stopped golfing and why became a coach? Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that is important to, to note is that while golf is a really fun game to play, uh, it's also uh, a really hard job to uh, maintain. So there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of great golfers out there. Um, and I was one of them. Um, and I was on the path of becoming successful in it. It is not as nearly as glamorous as people assume, right? I think we all get a very uh, fairy tale perspective on high performers or top level athletes or even top level level business CEOs and executives, right? We see the the highlight reel similar to like Instagram, but we don't see the reality of day to day. Mm. And for most of the guys that are playing professional golf, it's a pretty brutal grind, myself included. So on average, it takes guys seven to 10 years of grinding and working up through the system to get their PGA Tour card. Well, um, it's not glamorous. You're staying in a lot of friends' houses, uh, cheap Airbnbs, wherever you can to save money while you try to compete and cut your teeth on lower level tours where you're paying a lot of money for entry fee with not a lot in return, especially if you miss the cut, you're getting nothing. So really high pressure, really expensive, um, and really uh, draining and life-sucking a lot of it. Because at the end of the day, it's a battle against yourself. Mm -hmm. Golf is relies, once you get to a high enough level, it's 95 to 99% right here in your head. And so how can you despite the pressure of all the money that's on the line, despite all the circumstances surrounding you, all the distractions leading up to it, even your own expectations or others' expectations on you, how can you remove all that and optimize your performance regardless of what's going on outside of this moment and this shot? Mm, so mm, it's, a, it's a deep dive in self-awareness and self-optimization and even in discipline, uh, both of your mind and of your body, to unlock your highest performance. My own journey in that, uh, to speak a little bit to that, I started out um, really the first year, year and a half, I was mentally weak. That was my biggest struggle, right? I was in a new ocean, in a new experience, trying to learn my way around, get comfortable, get familiar, and then also overcome my own fears or doubts or even insecurities about my own abilities. Uh, so there was a learning curve there uh, mentally where I had to grow mentally tough. I had to become mentally disciplined. Uh, and then the second half of my career, once I, I got a lot of that work done, I ended up facing a, a body struggle. So I had a physical injury in my back, a, a muscle strain in my left rhomboid that repeated five times over a year and a half. Oof. So it was a really frustrating on-off cycle of learning what not to do in recovering from in, uh, injuries and then and then learning that I'm treating the symptom and not the root and, and mm -hmm. this on-off cycle that kept going for about a year and a half. So 
it was a pretty frustrating career, to be honest with you. I didn't achieve what I wanted to. I, I didn't unlock my full potential in it. Uh, even though I tasted moments of it, I got to play in some awesome events on the One Asia Tour, like the Australian Open against some great guys like Jordan Spieth and um, Adam Scott and some of those greats you know, that we all know about. And, and my game was right there with them. Mm-hmm. It was just that I didn't unlock it in those key moments. And my body ended up redirecting my path a little bit then. Understood. So one question, you mentioned having to um, work on um, your mental, right? So what helped you to overcome getting get over those challenges? Did you have other coaches you worked with? What helped you to really get past those hurdles? Totally. Yeah. Well, that's a great point that it takes a team, right? There, Any individual you see competing at a high level has a team of people that are pouring into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, we are the best at, at our culmination of the support of others. Uh, for me, it was definitely other coaches helping alongside my swing coach, uh, my fitness coach, and even my college coach still pouring in. But then it was also really a coming to terms with myself. It was understanding what was holding me back. And that's through a process of failing. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was every practice session, every tournament round, I would journal and reflect and learn Ooh. from what was going on to where that learning started to accumulate versus just repeating the same mistakes over and over again. That and that is practice. one of the most important practices that even today um, I still practice and apply to my life because Without that, I end up repeating the same things over and over again. And it takes me 10 times of falling my face to learn the lesson versus just one or two. Uh, and so that was a huge part of it. Um, and then the other thing that's really interesting, I think that it plays big time into this, is knowing um, that if I was going to reach a level of mastery and my best, I had to figure out what that meant for me. Mm. And that's what's interesting is like you get in there and, and I remember the first six months to a year, I spent so much time looking at all these other guys' games that I respected. Other competitors I was playing against, like, man, I respect that guy's game. I think he's pretty good. What is he doing? What's his blueprint for success? And how can I mirror it or copy it? And that was the wrong approach because I don't need to know what's best for him. I need to know what's best for me. (laughs) And and that is a common fallacy I think we all um, fall into when we're newer into a, a new realm and we're trying to um, not only learn from others, which is good, but we, we, we fail to see that we really need to learn ourselves and how to unlock our best based on what we know universally true. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Yes, indeed. And I love the fact that you 
started to document the process and that basically helps you to unlock uh, deeper potential. So you did, you did two, two great things. You, you documented your process and you also started to work more on yourself. You started to learn who you were as a, as a man, as a professional athlete. And this is something we often forget to do, right? We tend to get distracted by the noise yeah. and get caught up in the threads. But you did those two great things. And I could tell, just from this conversation right now, man, I could tell what got you passionate, what, what really triggered you into becoming a coach. Because just, just having this conversation right now, I can tell you're an extremely passionate person. Hmm. So um, so that's awesome right there. So so now I want to ask you, man, um, what type of – who do you coach, right? Because I know you worked as a golfer. I'm not sure if you if you also co coach golfers as well. But who do you coach? Yeah, so I coach, simply put, high performers or high performers. people that want to become high performers. Um, okay. And, and this is entails individuals, teams, or organizations. Uh, so there's different tiers or levels to it. Um, and really it, it comes down to – uh, team communication, team performance, and looking at that from an analytical standpoint and then attacking it strategically, holistically, and as a group. Um, and then from an individual standpoint, it really comes down to um, understanding self-awareness and understanding self-leadership and incorporating disciplines into that so that we can strategically unlock our best. Um, so it's a wide range. Uh, it's been people in real estate and finance. It's been teams in real estate and finance. It's mm -hmm. been entrepreneurs. It's been freelancers. It's included artists. Um, it's a pretty wide range. Uh, so I don't necessarily have a specific niche, uh, but the core of it is high performers. High and, um, and it also entails, there's some other exciting things I've been doing that combines golf with leadership development and so mm, okay. um there are some synergy i mean golf connects so well and most sports do to life and what we can learn about the sport and ourselves in the sport really helps us learn about ourselves in life and how to better lead ourselves in life and so there's some great um offerings coming out and already going live uh with golf and leadership development that has been really fun that's awesome right there so why did you get into coaching in the first place, man? You know, um, I understand who you coach. I understand um, your trials and tribulations, like the, the hurdles. Why did you decide that coaching was for me? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, when I look back on my life and I look at my path, I realize that I am who I am because the experiences I've been given. You know, I, I didn't choose where I was born I didn't choose a family I was born into. I didn't choose the people that really surrounded me along the way or poured into me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm a product largely of all that. And my own efforts are part of that. You know, it's not the whole, it's a part, it's a piece. Um, and I'm so grateful for what all of those people have given me and all those experiences have given me. And I know that it's a privilege and it's rare. I know that there's a lot of people that haven't had that and aren't able to access some of that. And so my heart in the work is to say, look, I've been given this gift through my experiences, uh, through the journey, through my even opportunity to compete as a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. And I want to give that gift and serve others from that experience. And so really my heart in coaching is holding space for others to experience similar things and me being a guide in that process, okay. um, partly by being a mirror just to reflect them well, and partly by giving them objective feedback as well as some strategic inputs from my own experience. So um, that really is what fuels um, my heart for it, is that I've experienced the fruit of what tapping into a piece of my full potential has been, um, and the freedom and the joy that comes from understanding my identity 
and growing in self-awareness and living with discipline. Um, and I want others to experience that fruit too. And I want to come alongside and help them. And so that was really my core driving um, heart and, and and motivation for getting into the work. Uh, okay. Because I think that's a, the most joy-filled, freest, and um, best expression that we can give in life. Uh, because every person has a unique gift that they can bring to the world. Yes, indeed. I agree with you 100%. So... I know there are so many different types of coaching styles, right? And different mm -hmm. types of coaches. How would you define your coaching style? Yeah. So um, I would say mine is collaborative. Um, so while it is, uh, a, it depends on the tier, right? So there's individuals, teams, and organizations. On the individual level, I describe it as coaching, consulting, and creating. So it's a combination of vision and identity work up front. Mm -hmm. along with looking at in the consulting phase, much more of the day-to-day -day life, the systems and habits and disciplines and structures we need and refining that through experimentation. Um, and then the third process of creating is much more of the strategic game plan and understanding the stepping stones we need to take. So there's a threefold process on the individual side, mm -hmm. but then when it comes to teams and organizations, the focus is really on, how can we make this a little bit more objective? So how can we get data around it? Um, and then how can we be strategic in empowering each person individually on their own leadership development journey while also growing an understanding of each other? Uh, and I have a partner, Giant Worldwide. They have a great platform and technology uh, that, that brings uh, a powerful toolkit to people and organizations and allows this work to scale throughout the organization in a really powerful way. So not just this leadership team's getting it, but other underneath them are also experiencing the investment of their own leadership development. Uh, and it really starts with us. So if we can't lead ourselves well, we're not gonna be able to lead others well. And that takes uh, a level of self-awareness and a level of discipline to do the work needed to, to start with us. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Self-awareness and discipline is king. King and queen, I would say. So, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so if someone were looking for a coach, what traits would you advise for them to look for? Yeah, I, I think it starts with a conversation of what do you recognize that you need? Um, because at the end of the day, right, there are a lot of different coaching styles or a lot mm -hmm. of different types of coaches or consultants even. Um, and it's like therapists, right? Like you may try one, and it's just a horrible fit. Uh, and so that doesn't mean the whole thing is, is a wash. It just means you need to find the right person. Um, so really I always start with a discovery call where we get to learn a little bit about each other's stories because really part of it is shared perspectives or shared heart. Like there has to be some alignment mm -hmm. or else it won't be as productive. Um, so we see first, is there alignment here in shared perspectives or stories? And then second, we see, okay, what are the real pains that we're experiencing right now? And what are those problems that are caused from that? Uh, what is the gap from where we are and where we want to be? And why can't you solve that on your own? And if you can't, mm. I want to help if I can't. And that process will help me understand if I can or if I can't. Um, because really, as anyone I hope that's on the show, right? Our job is not to work with everyone. Our job is to work with the people that we can truly serve best. Yes, indeed. And so um, that's really my heart in the work. I definitely agree with you. So, um. Through your discovery um, process, has there been a time where you wanted to turn down a potential client because it wasn't a real fit, but that person continued to urge forward? 
Yeah. So I've had, I've had some clients where, um, you know, some honestly more, more common is like, uh, there, there comes a point in the coaching process where it doesn't, it's not being helpful or productive. Mm -hmm. Um, there, the client still wants to move forward, but there isn't growth happening. And so my job is always to engage in that and say, Hey, look, I don't think this is worth you keeping investing in because there's a, there's a plateau that we've reached. And until you can get past that plateau, I can't help you. Um, and we've done as much as we can. Um, so there's a point where I kind of have to pull a plug on that end. Um, and then on the front end, yeah, there's been times where, um, for instance, this last year, a, a guy connected with me and while he, you know, it, what we weren't sure it was a great fit. Um, he wanted to give it a try anyways. Uh, and it did turn out to be helpful. Um, but that was one where I was, I was on the fence and he ended up saying, let's go for it. And so it was a good couple month uh, season for him. And there's a lot of growth that came from it, but th- it's honestly a judgment call. It's an intuition. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think trusting your gut is mm. going to be the most important thing in that because a lot of times that is going to give us the best guidance in those moments. I'm a man of faith. So I also tap into the spirit and, and that's a great guide for me as well. That makes two of us. I love I it. So um, now let's tap into storytelling time. And it's like my, my favorite part of the, the segment. So I want you to give me like a two to three minute story um, about a time where you help one of, one of your, your clients over, overcome a hurdle or obstacle, right? Yeah. So basically tell me a success story. Yeah. So um, more recently, I've been with a, a, a guy who owns a, a business here uh, locally and um, working with him has been a joy uh, and it's a it's a process, right? And and recently he's been expanding his team. And, and one of the really cool breakthroughs we had um, was understanding how personality affects communication styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, through Giant, we've got a personality assessment called the five voices. And it really makes, it's based off Myers-Briggs um, data. And it makes that data much more actionable and uh, personal or practical in a team setting, especially. Um, and so finding out that he was a connector voice, he was able to understand that his ability and his superpower of connecting with a lot of people and having these vast networks, relational networks, um, was a strength and not necessarily a weakness or a waste of time. So just by understanding how he was wired, he was able to reframe his own abilities with his business and with his disposition as a positive versus a negative. So there was a lot less um, maybe self-guilt or shame that put on and more acceptance and embrace. Uh, And then from that, we also started applying it to the team setting. And what was really affirming in it is that as he's been assembling this team without knowing um, different personalities beforehand, we realized on the back end that he's assembled a team with a wide range of voices. So he's got people that can fill in a lot of gaps from a communication standpoint and from a natural disposition standpoint that his intuition and his gut led him to, which gave him more confidence to trust that gut, that response and saying, look, I know if I can trust my gut and not be distracted by the the noise or the other opinions that may be floating, I know the people that I need in the places that I need them, but I have to have enough space and enough a presence or rhythms that give him the time to process and trust that gut to really realize it. So that was a really neat breakthrough of understanding the power of 
um, his superpower of understanding people and having relational dynamics while also utilizing tools to help reinforce that and share that information with the people on his team. Um, and so they've been growing a lot in their ability to communicate with each other just by that mutual understanding being unlocked. I love that, man. He was able to leverage his strength, which is, which is extremely important. You know, oftentimes people sleep on his strength. They try to do so many things at once that they forget about what their true asset is, which is their strength. Hmm. And you're doing that exact thing right there, man. So, um, Thane, are you currently working on any new projects? And um, if you are, do you mind sharing with us? I'd love to. Yeah. Um, ties into what I mentioned earlier. It's called the leadership major. So it's this idea that, as we talked about already, golf teaches us so much about life. And the cool thing is a lot of times when we learn similar things in parallel realms, it increases or deepens that learning to a whole nother level and it makes it a lot stickier. Mm -hmm. It's that idea of lateral thinking, right? Uh, and so by combining leadership development with golf, you can have these breakthroughs and these experiences while you're playing a game you love on the golf course that apply to your leadership within your organization or your business that makes it that much more memorable and meaningful because now you have this, this emotion-filled experience to back it up. And so the Leadership Majors is a series of weekend retreats uh, based on the major championship in golf. So there's four major championships in golf throughout the year. And for each one, there's going to be a Leadership Major uh, which is a weekend retreat for business leaders, or executives, or any other leaders that want to be involved and enjoy the game of golf to come get leadership development, uh, golf experience and competition, as well as game improvement. Uh, so it'll be a, a three-day retreat uh, that includes all those things, and it's launching this next year in 2022. Uh, so things are finalizing on locations and dates, uh, so stay tuned for that. But you can go to the leadershipmajors.com and put in your info to get updated when those events go live. Cause they, there's been a lot of interest in the man. I think they will be selling out. So <laughs> you may want to get on that list and make sure that you're updated. Got it. Listen, folks, you heard it here. Get on that list ASAP, ASAP. So um, I'm assuming whosoever register for this tournament has to understand the game of golf, right? They have to have some type of um, understanding and mm -hmm. experience with the game of golf. Yes, it is really a, an event geared towards golfers. If you're not a golfer, I'm sorry, you're probably not going to be interested, right? So these are these are people that enjoy the game of golf, already play golf, um, have a handicap, that kind of thing. Like want to want to have a competition, but also want to invest in their leadership development um, and combine those two and have that deeper learning result. Also, they're going to be at amazing destinations. Like I'm talking top 100 golf courses. So these are going to be bucket list places you want to go to. Got it, got it. So, um, whenever you mention um, golf, I think I think about my my trip in Scotland, and I went to some amazing places. And the green was, oh my goodness! I went to the the first place at golf was um, discovered. I think it's St Andrews, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. And I was just in awe, man. It was such a beautiful sight. So yeah, you are in a great space, man. Golf is an amazing sport, and, mm -hmm. I, and I love the fact that you are. Um, taking your talent and your experience and you have combined it into your, your coaching course, man. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. So if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to get in contact with you, man, where can they find you? Definitely. Thanks for asking. Uh, Thanemarcus.com is my headquarters for all that I do. Um, so you can reach out there. Uh, there's contact, there's email, there's socials, there's 
um, the different programs available for you to look at there. Uh, the other place, if you're curious about the five voices, that personality assessment I mentioned, we do have it for free. Um, and it's a great resource just to learn about yourself. It takes about 15, 20 minutes once you take it and you can look at some of the results. Um, you can go to giant.tv slash five voices, and that's the number five um, slash Thane. Uh, and that'll take you to a link where you can take a free assessment and check out all those resources that are available for you there. Uh, I definitely recommend doing that because I've learned so much about myself and even in my marriage and my family, it's been so helpful. So I know that'll bless you as well. Awesome. That means I need to check it out as well. <laughs> yes. And I shall. So thank, thank you for coming on and being part of you know, this show. Um, you were such, you have been such an amazing guest, man. I appreciate your insight, your experience, your, your love and passion. And I also like to thank all our viewers and listeners for lending us their ears and their eyeballs. And last but not least, how may I serve you, Dane? Well, you've served me today by putting on this podcast uh, in this interview. So thank you for that. Uh, I feel served. And um, yeah, just, just sharing uh, the message about the leadership majors is a great way to serve me. So if there's people that you know that love golf and want to invest in leadership, sharing uh, that opportunity with them would be the best way to serve me alongside this already great service of this show. So thank you, Thomas, for having me on. It's been awesome. 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 And I shall. So once again, thanks for coming on. And everyone stay tuned for next week's show and be well. Take care.